Okay, Abotai. There's a uh, welcome, everyone, to another Wednesday night class. Wednesday night shiur. Welcome all to our viewers. Abotai, uh, Professor Arthur Miles. Let me tell you who this man is. So when he was younger, like a boy, young boy, his father, Lord Lenin passed away. Passed away. And who was the breadwinner of the family? Who would you say? The mother. The mother had to take care of the family. The mother had to bring everything home. And, uh, you know, it's hard sometimes for a lady to, ca to carry the whole house. And, but she was doing a great job. Till one day, she basically sent her son off to school with two cubes of sugar. And she said, these... Uh, two cubes is going to be your breakfast because she says he can't, she can't afford to give him anything else this boy imagine coming to school with two cubes of sugar for breakfast meanwhile sees his classmates you know one guy's having cocoa puffs cocoa pebbles fruity pebbles who knows what you know cinnamon toast guy, and he's coming with two scoops of, of sugar Anyway, as he's on his way, he realizes this is not going to cut it for him. He needs to eat food. He needs to eat something. He's thinking to himself, he's starving. His stomach is growling. He's saying to himself, maybe should he, should he check the, like the low, low, low line? Like maybe, I don't know, something, something. Maybe we'll find food on the floor. I don't know. Finally says, I can't walk to school like this. My stomach is killing me. He sees a house. He goes closer to the house. Two doors. I guess it was a semi, uh, you know, two-family house. <clears throat> One door. He's about to knock, and he sees, like, a picture of a leopard on it. He's like, I'm not knocking on this door, you know? <laughs> the other door, it said on the, on the door, it said, Morris Jackson. Morris Jackson. I don't know, maybe this guy Morris will have a heart. He knocks on his door. Who opens up? A little girl. Young girl. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm sorry to bother. Could I speak to your mother? Is your mother home, please? He says, what do you need? I just need to speak to your mother, really, please. I'm very, very hungry. I didn't have breakfast today. I'm going all the way to school and... I need breakfast. I need something to eat. She said, one second. She comes back with a glass of milk and four chocolate chip cookies. This guy's in heaven. This guy's in heaven. He takes the chip cookies. In my day, my lucky day. He's eating his cookies, drinking his milk. And the little girl says, so what's your name? And he's, he's going at it. He says, he says, she says, my name is Rosalind. She looks at him. The boy says, are you supposed to be in school today? Says, yeah, but I wasn't feeling good today, so I'm home. He says, my name's Rosalind. What's your name? He finishes the cookies. He was embarrassed, you know. Finishes the cookies, drink the milk. She says, he says, Thank you very much. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. I got to run out to school. 
and he leaves the school. Let's fast forward. 50 years later. 50 years later, this professor, Arthur Miles, becomes a great surgeon. Top surgeon in the field. They brought him the patients that needed the most uh, intense, exactly. And being the fact that he was top, I don't know how many he was able to take in to do surgery. He had so many, he was limited exactly. They would give him the file and he would analyze and see if he was the only one that could do it. If not, he would send it to a different surgeon. And one day, he gets a letter, a patient. What does it say? Rosalind Jackson. Oh boy. Start backflash 50 years ago. Oh my goodness. Could this be? My four chocolate chip cookies and my glass of milk? He runs over and he sees where, he tells the other doctors on call, where is this patient that I have right now? Where is she? Oh, this lady? Room 202. Oh, okay. He goes to room 202, opens the door, sees a little bit elderly lady and says, Excuse me, what's your name? She says, My name is Rosalind Jackson. By any chance, what's your father's name? Morris. And she, he looks back, he takes it back. This is the same exact girl that gave him those four chocolate chip cookies and a glass of milk. He tells all the doctors on the floor, this patient, I'll take care of. But is it emergency? Not emergency, no. I got this patient under control. He took care of her like a first class, like, you know, VIP, the VIP room, you know, the whole nine yards. You know, instead of getting the regular hospital food, they get the, you know, the, the heavy duty. What is this? Don't worry, on the house, VIP, you know. Okay, what's going on? She finishes the whole surgery. The doctor comes in personally, the professor, and he prints out the receipt of this price of the surgery. How much is it? $53,000. And he gives it a bill. She's looking at it. Whoa. But then he says, turn over. Turns over the paper with a big stamp. Paid from four chocolate chip cookies and a glass of milk. <laughs> Fully paid. You hear that? You, you, you hear that story like, you know what? It's a little bit crazy. Imagine you give a person the, the smallest chesed. This is, by the way, an example to this week's parasha. This is an example to this week's parasha. What happened in this week's parasha? We all know Miriam. Miriam, correct? Miriam. She had the tzalat. Huh? And what happens when a person has leprosy? They what? They have to be They have to be outside the camps of Israel. Who? How many days 
until she becomes the whore. Seven days! Who is waiting seven days? All Klal Yisrael. Imagine over a half a million people just waiting until Miriam gets out. Imagine, you know what's going on over here? Why? Over here, if it was anybody else, by the way, all right, you're there, we got to go. You'll, you'll catch up, by the way. It'll take you a few days, but catch up. We're going to be in Pichirot, you know, we're going to be over here, we're going to be in this. All right, I'll meet up with you guys. Yeah, next time, don't say that. Right, hey, you'll be. But they're over here. The whole Claudia sale stops for Miriam. Why? Anybody know the reason why? Besides the fact that she was holding me up, but anybody know the reason why? Oh. Gemara Sota speaks out. It's all because Moshe Rabbeinu was a little boy. Now, how old was Miriam at the time when Moshe was, was sent to the Nile? About six years old. She was six years older than Moshe. How long did she wait at the Nile? How long? How long? Anybody know? How long was the whole situation? Guess what? Tosafot explains on that Gemara, it's about 15 to 20 minutes. The whole situation. Hashem says, that time that you waited for your brother, those 15 minutes that you waited, when you're going to get older, and many years later, and something's going to go wrong or something where you're outside of the Machane. All Klali Sale will wait for you for seven days for those 15 minutes. You know what's going on over there? She's a six-year-old girl. Who wouldn't even go for their own brother, to be honest? And, but she did it. And she waited and she wanted to see what was going to happen. And Hashem says, ah, you waited for your brother? Don't worry. Besides the reward ain't going to end it. Now we got to take care of you. And because of that, what happens? All Klai Yisrael is waiting for Miriam. You hear what one little deed does? One little deed. Now, Rabotai, listen closely to what I'm about to tell you now. About Nebuchadnezzar. Everybody knows who Nebuchadnezzar was, right? Yes, correct. He destroyed the Beit HaMikdash. And I'd like to actually read you over a midrash regarding that. And I quote, Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says over to Murechanezar, Ata pasata shalosh pesiot bishvil kevodi, you walk three steps for my honor. Chayecha, I promise you, I will ma'amid shlosh merachim shlitim yisof adam v'tzafor. I promise you because the three steps that you gave for my honor, you will have three kings coming out, ruling over from one end of the world to the next end of the world. Now let me explain you the story behind this. Does anybody know the story behind Nebuchadnezzar? There was a king. You know, king of Israel at the time was Chizkiyahu HaMelech. Chizkiyahu HaMelech. One time, the king of Nebuchadnezzar, the, the king of Babel, he wasn't Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babel, wrote a letter to the king of Israel, King Chizkiyahu Melech, 
And the title, you know, you ever have a title, you ever write a letter in your life? I know nowadays there's text, email, this, that, but you ever write a letter? You know what I'm talking about, Mark? Why do you write a letter? Dear Mr. So-and-so, in the honor of, in honor, you, you write, you know, to whom it may concern, da 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 Introductory. Introductory, very good. Introductory, Introductory, right? You write an introductory. So what's the introductory of a king of Babylon? Babel. He writes... Shalom lehezkiyahu, Amelech. You know, Shalom to lehezkiyahu, Amelech. Shalom to the city of Jerusalem, and Shalom to the great Borei Olam, to the Rega. Nebuchadnezzar was part of the entourage of the king's uh, posse. You know, every king has like his, uh, you know, his guys, you know, his guards, this, that. The people who done something, right-hand mans. Nebuchadnezzar was one of the right-hand mans of this king, of Babel. And he told the writer, what'd you guys, what'd you guys write? What'd you guys write? Oh, you know what we wrote? What'd you write? It says, we wrote, um, um, Shalom Chizkiah Melech. Shalom, Yerushalayim, and Shalom, uh, the great Borei Olam, the great God. He says, what? What? He says, what are you, what's the problem? That's how you write an introductory letter? What's wrong? Can anybody over here guess what's wrong with this introductory? Ah, because he put Hashem last. It said, how are you doing, Chizkiah the king? How are you doing the city of Jerusalem? And shalom to the great God. You put Hashem last? Oh my goodness. Nebuchadnezzar says, whoa, 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 whoa. Where is this letter? It must be changed now. He says, to be honest, it's right outside that guy. Just left this second. He walked three steps. And it says, some people say four, but it says the Malach, it's brought down in Sfarim HaKtoshim, I can read it to you, that the Malach Gabriel stopped him. After the third stop, he said stop, meaning to say he couldn't go anymore. He screamed out to the guy, come over here. He says, why? Because look what happened for these three steps. One step, two step, three step. Hashem says, you did this for my honor. You are going to be rewarded. That from you, you're going to be the king of the whole world. From one end of the world to the next end of the world. Imagine. You're, from him came out Evil Moridach, another king of Babel, and the third king of Babel, which was Balshitzar. Three kings that ruled from one end of the world to the next end of the world, all because this guy, Nebuchadnezzar, Step three steps to stop them for the honor of God. Imagine such a thing. Could you imagine such a thing? You know, that's a big lesson in life. Because every time we walk to shul, you know, we get schad pesiot. You get the reward of every single step that you take to walk to shul. One guy tells me, Rabbi, I started moving farther, this, that. But this is Yeshua, right? This is the Bet Knesset. This is where you're growing of Torah and Mitzvot. This is where all you grow this. But Friday night, so, hello? You have to understand. Sometimes it'll be hard to walk to Shul. But you get rewarded for every single step. 
It's even brought down in the Yaku Yosef, Chacham Yitzchak Yosef. You know what he says? I'll tell you what he says. He says, if you would have a car, yeah? If you have a car, correct? And now, you're not late to shul. You come to shul, you're not late to shul. You get a parking right in front of the shul. Right in front. He says, if you're not late, try to get a parking a little bit further from the shul. This is what he says. A little further. And make it two feet on your two daglaim, walk to the knees. You hear that? For the honor of God. Look what I'm doing. For honor of Hashem. You hear what's going on? What, what am I doing? Yeah, you're walking with your two feet. Energy, let's walk to shul a little bit. Three, four steps. You hear what's going on? Look for the three steps for the honor of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar Him is generating the next one and the next one. All kings around the whole world. Imagine what Hashem is going to give you. Hashem going to give you. You hear what's going on over here? It even says, when a person comes closer to the synagogue, when he comes closer to the shul, let's say you're walking regular. Walking regular. You know how to walk. Huh? You walk, walk, walk regular, right? All of a sudden, you get close to the knees. Let's say you're, you're 10 feet away, 5 feet away. As you're walking in the shul, you should show more energy, be more energetic as you're walking in. Like the Pasuk says, Bevet Elohim Nehalech Beragesh. To the house of God, I walk with feelings. You hear what's going on? It's Halakha, it's brought down. Mishnah Rasa speaks it out. It speaks it out. And it says in the Mishnah Shukhar, even it says, Halakha states that when you walk into the Knees, when you walk into the house of God, don't just walk in, come with humility. And there's a pasuk that we say. What's that pasuk? Ve'ani berov chazdecha avo betecha eshtachave elhechal kochecha beir atecha. What does that mean? Ve'ani mi berov chazdecha with your kindness avo betecha. I'll come into your house. Ve'ani berov chazdecha avo betecha eshtachave al badan elhechal kochecha to yehechal kadosh. With awe, with fear. Isn't that such a beautiful a way of respecting God? How you enter a shul. It, it's two things. One, how you start walking to shul. Two, when you get close to the door, that a person should walk a little bit uh, with energy. And three, when you're actually about to walk in the doors of the Bet Knesset. To say that pasuk, to say I'm coming in to your house with of God with fear and with trepidation. If you don't need it, reach out to me. We'll give you the pasuk. We have it over here, by the way. It's on the door over here by our shul over here. It's on the door, but I can't take a picture on Tony Tom. Let's see if they're viewing it. All right, reach out to me by email or something like that, and uh, and we'll give you the. We'll give you the pasuk. You want to take a picture with your phone and put it on Torah? After, after, after. Okay, but that's Hashem after knowing about it. Anyway, but this is the way it is. This is the way it is. This is the honor of Hashem. And what I just told you right now, by the way, that you should do it with enthusiasm, I'm going to quote to you a pasuk. Let's go back in time of Bereshit. Does everybody know the story of Noah? 
Everybody knows the story. But now, after he after he drank from the uh, the vine, after he drank the wine, what happened after he drank the wine? His two sons came in. What was his two sons' name? Anybody know? Very nice. No, the two the two sons that covered him. Wow, you're doing good. The two sons. So who are the two sons? Who are the two sons? Very good. Right? Now I'll read you the Pasuk at that moment what it says. You ready? Listen to me carefully. It's in Parashat Noah. Right? It says in Parashat Noah, Pasuk of Gimel. Right? Perektet, Pasuk of Gimel. It says, Vayikach, and they took. Again, quote it with me. Vayikach, what does Vayikach mean? And he, and he took. Shem veyefet et hasimla. Shem veyefet, the two sons, they took the clothing, the simla, the blanket. Veyasimu al shechem shneem veyichu achronit. They walked like backwards, not to see their father's, uh, you know, private. Veyichasu et erbeta vihem, and they covered their father's private, yeah? Good? But if you know, there's an obvious question over here. It was two people, right? It was Shem and Yefet. If you look at the Basuk, it sounds like it was only one person. But it says, Vayikach. Vayikach means, and he took. It should have said, Vayikhu, and they took. Not Vayikach, and he took. One had the right intentions. What's the answer? You know what Rashi says? Rashi says, one did it with more energy. <laughs> what's going on? So now forever and ever, when you read the Torah, you should know, oh, it says Vayikach. What's Vayikach? It should say Vayikhu. No. Because when you do mitzvah, two people could be on the same table learning Torah. One guy's reward is much greater than the next. How? One guy's reward is much Wow! Because he did it with his energy. Two people could be eating the same breakfast. He has his eggs, he has his avocado, he has his toast, he has his fresh squeezed orange juice, and he has his, of course, gourmet coffee. Yeah. With his milk. I don't know if you like the, you know, the creamer, the sugar, the this, the that. I don't know. Sometimes they like it foam. They foam up the, 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 what's it called, the milk and the foam. We have it here, that's for sure. They foam it up with the foamer. They put the... And of course, don't forget the cinnamon on top. And again, now you have two guys. Two guys are eating. Two guys are eating. One guy, they go up to Shamayim. Okay, the first guy goes in. Okay, so let's hear, how was your day? Oh, you don't understand. My day, I used to have uh, two loaves of bread with eggs, avocado on the side, some salt and pepper. I had the, 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 the orange, I had the quarter. You? Crazy Gan Eden, they're showing him a whole breakfast club he gets into. Ah, crazy, ah. This is the Gan Eden breakfast club. Ah. The next guy's like, why, why, why? Wait, wait, wait until I tell them what I ate. Wait, 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 wait. And he starts saying, you don't understand. I made my breakfast, the toast. What's the regular toast? This guy did regular. I made sure it was toasty like perfection. That the outside is toast and the inside is soft. When you bite into it, you have the... And I put the butter on top. Oh, it's cool. you don't understand. And don't forget, I, I had extra waffles, by the way. I made waffles and the syrup. And he says sometimes he put homemade whipped cream with cherries. He does the whole nine yards. 
The guy's finished. Are you finished? No, no, I also had this and I also had that. They tell him, okay, what else did you do? What do you mean, what else did I do? Where's my reward? No, but what else did you do? He says, what do you mean? See, let me explain the difference. The first guy, when he was having his breakfast, right before he bit into his roll, he said, he thought in his mind, Hashem, you know what I'm doing right now? I'm eating to have energy to be healthy in order to serve you. Oh, check. You got to check for the whole meal, like the eggs, the avocado, the this, the that. Oh, he's going. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The other guy, what'd you do? I just ate. Everybody's eating. So he, I'm eating. He's eating. I'm eating. He's eating. Oh, what's a big deal? But this guy's intention was different. This guy's getting reward for every bite that he has. You hear what's going on over here? You hear what's going on? You're doing it and you're doing it. You might as well put the thought in your mind anyway for breakfast, lunch, and then and it applies everywhere, by the way. It applies everywhere. A guy's going to work. Guy's going to work. If he just thinks in his mind before he takes the step to work, what am I doing right now? Oh, wait, I'm not just going to make money. You're not making money. You know what you're doing? I'm putting uh, food on the table for my wife, for my children. I'm doing kindness. Yes, that's what I'm doing. Shabbat food is going to be nice, Shabbat. I'm respecting the honor of Shabbat. Oh, by the way, I have to, uh, 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 what's it called? Uh, support the yeshivot. Support the batiknesiyot. I'm giving you examples. You understand what I'm trying to bring out? You hear what's going on? So the same thought process, even the person learning Torah. What are you learning for? What are you learning? Have in mind, what are you learning? I'm learning right now to serve Hashem, to make Him proud. You know how much, you know how happy God is when you sit down behind uh, learning anything for that matter? Gemara, Chumash, Musad. Hashem loves it. You're working hard for it to understand it even more, even better. You're schwitzing for it even better. You're working. You, you want to put a smile on Hashem's face, don't you? Everybody does. You know why everybody does? I'll tell you why. You know, I said this once. What's the favorite song of a, of a person? You know, when we first went to Yeshiva, when we were, you know, they, they came out with a new song. You know what the song was? HaKadosh Baruch Anachnu Ohavim Everybody loves that song. You know why? Because first of all, the words are very easy. It's three words. I know that. I know that song. Three words. Simple, to the point. HaKadosh Baruch Ohavim And you go louder and louder. I don't know what song you want. It's perfect. Perfect song. Yeah? But there's another thing. You know why? Because deep down, Everybody has an eshama, has a soul. And that soul is clinging to serve God. And that's why you have so many people, sometimes they have an episode. They're not religious, but they have an episode. What's going on? Depression, this, that. They, get, they hit rock bottom. What are they, what's the first thing to do? Let me go speak to the rabbi. Let me go to the shul. Let me go to the Beit Midrash. Let me go learn a little bit. I got a text. Teddy sent me a whole text. A whole back and forth. What happened? A guy sent him a text. Teddy, where do you go to, to, to learn? I want to learn Torah. This, that. What does the text say? Two, he says two years. He didn't go to a class. And, and that one class of learning Torah. And he feels depressed. And he feels down. He doesn't feel uh, accomplished in life. You hear what's going on? You know, what, you, know what's going, you know what's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. Deep down his neshama, his soul is crying. His soul is crying. You know why? Because 
He doesn't have that Dvar Hashem, the words of Bore Olam coming in to penetrate it. And that's why anybody without the Torah is always like trying to find something. Let me go, go here. Let me try that activity. Let me try that activity. Let me go there. And then all of a sudden, people want to do the craziest thing. You know, all of a sudden, the guy, you know, I want to travel to the moon one day. What do you want to travel to the moon? Who cares what's on the moon? What do you want to do? Because their neshama is, is earning for something. And, and they don't know what it's earning for. They don't know what, what's pulling me to, 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 to find something. But you know what it is? The neshama is telling him, find God. Grab him! And all of a sudden, he becomes anchored. He says, oh, now I found it. I found the Torah. I found Hashem. And all of a sudden, he goes penetrating with it. Penetrating, penetrating. And all of a sudden, he lives like a blissful life. He lives a tranquil life. He loves it. He's in Gan Eden with it. He's great with it. You know, how many times us growing up, Shabbat, when he came to Shabbat, oh, when is it over? We're looking at our watch. When is it over? When is it over? Oh my goodness, when is it over? I want to do this. I want to do that Saturday night. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do that. Then when you get old, you start thinking, wow, you know, Shabbat. I can't wait till Shabbat comes. When's Shabbat coming already? I want to just chill. I want to relax. Shabbat! All of a sudden, you come in like a champ. Uh, GQ with his nice suit walks into shul smelling fresh. Ah! Nice hot, hot shower. Beautiful! He walks into Shabbat, walks out of the shul after praying. He gets his two angels walking with him, this one on the side and the other one on the side, walking into his house. Shalom Aleichem, Malachi Asharit. The angels are walking with him. Ah! He walks in the house like a king. Aye! Let's eat, honey. Aye, aye, aye. It's beautiful. Huh? Let's have Kiddush. He starts over the Kiddush. Beautiful. Ceremonial Kiddush. Oh, my God. How awesome is that? It's such a beautiful thing. And then they wash the Dadaim Kiddusha. And they bring the two, two breads. And then they have the Maza. And they have the Lahmajin, the Kibbeh. And then they go for the hot stuff. And everything is beautiful. Don't forget about the dessert. Oh, homemade pecan pie or peanut butter and uh, brownies. Oh, he's crazy. Wow. All these goodies. Wow, I can't wait for Shabbat Kodesh. Finally get to sit down, relax, family, talk to them. How was your week? How was your week? Everyone on the table starts going, all right, you tell me. Thank Hashem for one thing that He did for you this week. And this guy says, I thank Hashem for this this week. And I thank Hashem for this week. Wow, what's going on over here? And the whole Shabbat table becomes, whoa, uplifted. And then you have the little kid grabbing his sheet of paper from uh, school. Daddy, daddy, read me this. What is this? Oh, my God. Oh, I learned Dalit today. What stands for Dalit? And they start going, this is what it is, Shabbat, a beautiful thing. But a person who's not religious, he'll never ever have that experience. He'll never ever have that experience. But why? For what? Why not? Why not keep it? You have a better life here. I always tell you, if your phone is broken, you're going to go to the server, right? You're going to go to the person who sold you the phone. You're going to go to that. Who made you? Hashem made you. So if a person is broken, where is he going? He's going back to Hashem. <laughs> Hashem, you made me. I need you now. I need, I need it. If you look at every single guy where if they ever, not religion I'm talking about, not religious people, if they're ever in trouble, all of a sudden, let's say imagine the guy's going on the highway, going uh, 80 miles per hour. All of a sudden, he checks his brakes. The brakes are broken. And he's going 80. <laughs> he's going 80. Oh my goodness, what's his first thing? Shema Yisrael! The guy never said Shema in his life. All of a sudden, Shema Yisrael! What happened? You know, because deep down he has a soul. 
He has an eshama, and that eshama has to be lit. And somebody's got to get ignited for him. Because sometimes he's not going to come. He needs a push. And that's why it's so incumbent upon us to do that. Abraham Avinu. Let me tell you something about Abraham Avinu. Abraham Avinu. It says, and I can read it to you, and I can quote it to you, and I will quote it to you. I'll quote it to you right now. It says this chut. This is a Gemara that I'm reading. It says, Beschad, the schad, the reward of these three things. The milk. That's why I got the man in. It is a Gemara in Baba Metzi'ah. And he says, Beschut, that Abraham stood on his guests and he took care of them. We have the Ananei HaKavod, Zachul HaAmod HaAnan. Beschar Yukachna Matmaim, Zachul Be'er Shem Liyam. It says, the schut that Abraham Avinu helped, you know, the three angels that came. He did Hagnasat Ochim. First thing, he, what, what did he do? He made sure he gave them the milk. What does it say? Beschut that milk. We had the man in, Chum, in, in the Midbar for 40 for 40 years. For 40 years. The schut that he got him water. We had the schut of Be'er Miriam, the well of Miriam. The schut that he was on top of them to watch them, everything was gay. We had the Anei HaKavod. The Anei HaKavod was taking care of us from the sun. No, no, not too much sun. From the, from the rodents on the floor, from the snakes and scorpions. The cloud of glory was with us in the desert and it was cleaning it all out for us to walk in clearly. The water we had, the rock, Miriam, Ben Miriam, water was coming out. Oh, what? Abraham Avinu, the schut Abraham Avinu did. Of course, we know schut Aharon came down in Akavod, and the schut of Ben Miriam was Miriam, and the schut of Man was Moshe. But this is another shot that the, 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 the Gemara is speaking out. Abraham Avinu did this. For 40 years, Hashem said, You took care of my children physically. Think about it. It was, it was really Malachim, but he, he didn't know. That the, point, the point is, he thought it was people, right? He took care of them physically. What did they get? Physically, imagine. Somebody comes to your house, you get him a cup of water, you get him, a, you get him a, a, some milk, and you get him, a, what's it called? You, 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 you know, you, t- you take care of him. He's okay for 40 years? Yeah, and that's what? Physical things that you gave him. Imagine if you give him spiritual things, what you'll get. Think about it. Physical, it goes, uh, goes into your stomach, that's it. Sooner or later, you have to go to the bathroom, and that's it. You, you, you felt satiated for a little bit, and then that's it. Now go ahead, mekarev somebody, grab him. Say, listen, what are you doing in life? What are you up to in life? When do you learn Torah? When do you come shiur? Or even if you send him a link, or send him some Torah, something like that, I'm just giving you an example. Put him on Torah anytime. Tell him, get addicted today. I'm telling you a story that happened today. And I can show you the text message after this shiur. You can see the text message. I'd like to show it to you. I came in. Somebody came over to me. Oh, Rabbi, how are you doing? I want to show you my extension to my house. I said, yeah, yeah, sure, no problem. You know, you want to make, the, you want to make him feel good and nice? Yeah, of course. I'll see the extension, no problem. Okay, come, come. I'm living here. This, that. Okay, where are we going? Go. Okay. We get to his house. Gorgeous house, nice. He fixed it up nice. Well, we go upstairs. So I'm going to take you upstairs. Oh, I forgot. My son's in the last room and this, that. So your son's here. How old is he? He's 20 years old. What is he doing here? You don't understand. He, bro- he was skating and he broke his leg and he has to 
He's on bed rest for three and a half weeks over here, and he has to go to rehab, and he has to, 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 to. I was like, oh, okay. He's like, do you want to visit him for Akhnasat, uh, for Bikur Kholim? I said, yeah, I know, I know you said, I'll definitely come in. I said, hey, you doing prayers, everything. Hey, Rabbi, how are you? I was like, what are you doing? Rabbi, I'm chilling. I see him like, you know, earphones, this, that, I'm chilling. I said, I got a great idea. How about you chill with Torah? He says, what do you mean? He says, listen, <laughs> could, you, could you give me your phone for a minute? I said, yeah, sure. I said, do you mind if I, if I download uh, an app for you? Sure. I download an app for him. Which app would you think I downloaded? Torah Anytime. Anytime. I downloaded Torah Anytime for him. I finished I, I finish downloading it. I give it to him. Listen to what happens. The end of the night, I get a text message. I want you to see it. The end of the night, I get a text message. He texts me back, the, the father. By the way, you should know, after you left, hour later after you left, I came into the house, I hear Torah Anytime playing. From his son. Imagine. Is it like that? Hashem gave everything instant all of a sudden. Everything is instant. Boom, boom, boom. The guy could be walking things in his ears. Torah, boom, boom, boom. You have Torah. Why not take advantage of it? Why not take advantage of it? You can get people religious. It's, it's not as hard as it used to be. It used to be, think about it. How do you get a guy religious? You got to pull him in. You got to this. You got to that. Now, you could, you could say, yo, that, I was sitting one time with a guy uh, at, at a wedding. The guy lives in Timbuktu. I don't know where the guy lives. So what do you know? It's my cousin's wedding. I came in from, uh, I don't know. I was like, is there any Torah over there? No, I have nothing over there. I was like, what do you learn? He's like, I don't know what to learn. Boom, I take his phone. Give me your phone for a second. Do you mind if I download an app for you? He's like, no. You know, you know they're embarrassed to say no. You know what I'm saying? No, man, how nice that. Boom, boom, boom. Down, turning time. Poof. I don't know if he's listening. Hopefully he's still listening. But you, you never know. You never know. Bring the people. People, sometimes, they don't have a place to learn. Around you. They don't have a place to learn. Rabbi Yishai called me up last night. 10.30 at night. Rabbi, you're not going to believe what happened. I said, what happened? So said, I'm teaching a guy from Hatan classes. I said, yeah, what about him? He's a 23-year-old boy. I said, yeah, what about him? He said, he has no shul. He has no place. He has no place to be. Yeah, do you mind if I bring him to the clinic? Of course, Rabbi Yishai, bring him in. Why not? Bring him in. Let's make him a Ben Torah. Let's make him a, a holy Yid, a holy Jew. Why not? And we'll tell you, we have to pull in the people that are off the derech. We have to pull them in. Who is going to pull them in? You know, when a person gets sick and he feels pain, he calls at Salah. But a guy, sometimes, his neshama, he won't, sometimes he might not feel pain and he can go forever without feeling that pain. And I'll never call uh, the rabbi or anything like that. So what do we have to do? We have to reach out to them. They're God's children. They are kidnapped from the Yetzirah. They are kidnapped. Imagine if somebody came over to you and said, my kid is kidnapped. How much reward he would give you if you unkidnap him? How much reward? Tell me. He'll pay you a Imagine, think about it like this. Imagine the, the biggest billionaire. Who's the biggest billionaire? Who's the biggest billionaire? Okay, let's say 100 billion. The guy, the owner, he has 100 billion dollars. Imagine that guy who has $100 billion, son, his son gets kidnapped. How much is he going to pay? 
Ah, he'll go on the he'll go on the news. About time, my dear friends, whoever brings back my son, I'm telling you right now, I'll give him fifty billion dollars. I don't care. You, you can live with a fifty billion dollars uh, anyway. You know what I'm saying? He himself, yeah, okay, 50-50, half half. You know, he can still live from here to Mashiach with the fifty billion. You know, hey, I give you fifty billion. Just get my son back. Now imagine God. How much money does God have? There's no end. Imagine your reward that you'll get if you grab his kidnapped son from the Yitzhah and bring him back to the Torah. Tell me. <laughs> tell me, tell me honestly. Tell me what reward are you going to get? Tremendous, endless. Abraham Avinu got these three from giving a physical item to a person to get him healthy. 40 years in the Midbar, we got all this stuff. Imagine you, you're giving him spiritual. And that's why it's so important. People are getting, uh, 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 people are falling down like flies. I'm telling you, I know from the past when I started giving shurim, I was starting giving shurim over there. Today, somebody, again, I have a lot of stories today. Hashem gives it to me the time we need it, right? Today, somebody took me to, to Marco. Marco, I say, he took me to, what's it called? They took me here, there. He said, Rabbi, I got to tell you something. I said, what? He, starts, he takes me a picture of this boy. Remember this boy used to come to shurim? Yeah. Rabbi, now he's uh, overdosing on drugs. Like, what? What happened? He was the top guy. Yeah, he stopped here, stopped there, and this, that. He got her influence in this. It's so stupid. He doesn't want to be in that position. But he got influenced. Another guy, he tells me. Rabbi, you remember this guy? I said, what about this guy? He's, he got me depressed. He said, remember this guy? I said, what about this guy? He said, remember he used to come? Yeah. He said, Rabbi, he ready? he's on the verge of uh, this, 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 this. He gave me a whole list. He said, I tried saving him. I invited him for Pesach. I did this. I did that. I said, what happened to the guy? He didn't get connected. And nobody pulled him in. And nobody cared. Where are you? What are you doing? What is everything? I know in shuls, in Batekinesiyot, I know another shul. The, 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 not, the, not even the rabbi. The, another another rabbi, another guy who prays in the shul. He tells me, he says, if I don't see the guy in uh, four or five days, I get worried. I give him a text. I give him a call. Where are you? We miss you. This, that. You never know maybe where the guy where, where the guy's going to fall off to. You don't know. Yet Salah grabs the guy, who knows where the guy is. He moved into Alaska. What are you doing? I don't know. I got, I got in the mood to go to Alaska. <laughs> but imagine if you would have called him and you would have saved him. Imagine you would have gave him a call and saved him. Right before Shur, Wednesday night. Shur, we have Baruch Hashem Wednesday night. Shur. Why not? Pick up the phone that day. Listen, I got to take a Shur. I will pick you up. You know what I used to do? Personally, what I used to do? When he first, 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 first started originally? I would tell the guy, yeah, I'll pick you up wherever you are. I'll go to a busload. Boom. Pick you up, pick you up, pick you up, pick you up, pick you up. Grab them. You know why? Because the Yitzhah has him like by the leash. He wants to, ah, you can't get, you got to go and break the leash. You got to go break the leash. I'm coming to the house. I'm going to pick you up. Shabbat, I'm walking out of my way. I'll pick you up. I'll bring you to show myself. Imagine now you knock on the door. It happened to me. It happened to me. My neighbor, across the street from me. And I'll tell you the story himself. I used to go, before I used to go to shul, I used to knock on his door. Uh, 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 What's it called? Is your son home? He was a 20, at the time he was like 20, now he's already about 30. But I said, is your son home? He says, yeah, please, Rabbi, take care of him. He's in the basement, uh, you know, Stuyot, you know, doing, uh, I don't know what he's doing. I used to go down to the basement, he got embarrassed. Rabbi's there, you know, he's in his sweatpants. Yeah, I said, oh, come. We gotta, we have, we're going to have a blast in shul. He's looking at me. What do you mean blast? What's a blast? Just come to shul. And you know what? You want to know the honest truth? 
I'll tell you the honest truth. And I can tell you the guys after the tape. I don't want to be on, on, on tape with this, but I'll tell you the guy wa was. But listen to what happened. At the end, his best friend was there. And his best friend ended up hearing me talking to him. And he said, you know what, I'm going to go. And he ended up coming. And the guy, since there maybe three years, he didn't miss a tefillah, a prayer, in the shul. Once or twice, maybe. But over three years, and he has the biggest kavanah, and he has the biggest energy, and the biggest... A guy from... Really? You would never even believe. And he's learning in the mornings. Whoa! Why? From one knock on the door, from across the street, and... Who knows? Who knows? Look at this guy, Abba Chikuri. One time he was delivering a package. He was delivering a package of chalot, doing chesed. And he sees a guy, and the mother's like, oh, could you take my son here? Why not? And he went, and he called his son, come, come, this, that. And his son's, the, the kid, now this, this boy's in Kolei, learning in Israel. P.S. five years later, four years later. Rabotai, we got to do these things. It's not only the rabbis that have to go out and mekarev, mekarev, mekarev. It's you guys, because you want to know honest truth? You guys have a lot of power to do it. Sometimes they get intimidated. Oh, the rabbi, they get intimidated. The rabbi is trying to pull me in. I don't know, this, that. But imagine you. See a guy, see a fellow. Listen, what are you doing? You don't have any, you don't have any learning? No learning in your life? How many times I ask guy? No learning in his life? No, le no learning in your life? I don't understand. Did, did you ever have no eating in your life? Oh, eating, you know how to eat. But, but learning, you know learning in your life, you don't take care. You take care of your body, but your soul, you never fed it to Torah. I don't understand that. Well, 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 why this? Yeah, why this? No, I don't understand. At least make it equal. You eat three times a day, learn three times a day. I don't know. I'm a big example. But it's incumbent on you guys. And everybody listening on Torah time as well. You have a relative, you have a cousin, you have a father, you have a mother. Try little by little. Try little by little. A brother, bring him in, pull him in. Okay, you have to not do it. You're going to be a nutcase on the guy. You got to come, you got to come. He's going to say, oh, leave me alone. He's going to work further. You got to be uh, gentle and quiet and nice about it. But you guys, you guys know how to do it. You know what it's all about. Show them love. Show them I love you. Show them you're the best. Show them like that. Don't, don't, don't come with open arms. They feel your heart. And when your heart is full with love, they're automatically going to be magnetic to your love of, of your heart. And you'll be able to pull them in. You have a relative? You're learning? No. I didn't learn in five years from high school. I never learned. How old are you? 38. What? 20 years? I didn't. What's wrong with you? I don't understand what's wrong with you. No Torah whatsoever? Come, I have the best problem. We're going to make a class. You and your friends. Yeah, yeah. Get four guys. Don't worry about it. Set it up. Have a nice dinner by your house. Start it up by their house. We'll get a rabbi. We'll go to his house. We'll make it happen. You got to know the whole group of people. Saved from the Yetzirah. I want to tell you something. There's going to be a time we're going to meet Hashem. Hashem's going to be looking at us. Listen, you had people that was close to you. They were kidnapped. How can we even try to save them? What are you going to answer? I left it for the rabbi. What are you talking about? The rabbi told you you have to do it. So now you're done. Now you're done. <laughs> you have to do it. Yeah, I have to do it. Everybody has to do it. You know why? Because there's so many neshamot unfortunate. People are, are falling like flies. There's so many neshamot out there that we have to bring back. We have to. We have to. It's our responsibility. And think about the reward that you'll get.
Forget that. Do it Lashem Shemayim. Forget the reward for a second. Do it strictly for Hashem's sake. Would you do it for Hashem? Go ahead. Make it a goal. Make a goal. Once a week, I'm going to try to pull someone in. Oh, I see a person. Make a goal for yourselves. I don't know. Whatever you, you're capable of doing. Either once a week I'm going to pull someone in or I'm going to once a week I'm going to tell how many times you go to work and you have people, a million people around you. They never put tefillin in their life. What's tefillin? They put it, whoa, and they bomb it. So they had a ceremony. They had their picture and it's hanging by the, by the office where, they, where the computer is. You, you, know, you remember you were bomb it? Yeah, yeah, but that was a long time ago. <laughs> What happened? What happened? Yeah, they, oh, he, he dusts off his tefillin. He finally puts it on. For, oh, something's happening. He, he has to wait till God does something till, till he puts his tefillin on. Oh, I need Hashem. All of a sudden, I see a guy. Eight years, he didn't come to Shul. Oh, Rabbi, oh, how you doing? Baruch Abba. You know, they make a joke on the table. Whoever sits with me on the table. Oh, Rabbi, what does he need? <laughs> What's going on? Rabotai. We have to set a goal for ourselves. Everybody has to set their own goal. You know what you can handle. I don't know what you can handle. But you know your relatives. You know your friends. If they're not learning, if they're not learning any Torah, if they're off the D, if they're off, making it business, find a way of a plan to bring them back to Hashem. Find a way. I don't know, because you know them better than I know them. Show them love. Make it your business. Maybe once a week, tell them, pull them in. And make him, your, make him your target. He's my guy. I'm going to get him back. Every once a week. Oh, how you doing? You want to come to Shua? I'll pick you up. You want to come to Shua? I'll pick you up. You want to come here? Uh, where do you pray for Shabbat? Do you have a rabbi? Do you have a place? Do you have a this? Do you have a that? Be compassionate. And with that, you'll see Siyad Adishmaya. You'll be Hashem's partner in this. And Bezal Hashem will save all the Shabbat. And Mashiach will come. Bezal Hashem will come. And Hashem will have a big smile on his face with all this. Amen. Amen.